Hello, and welcome to the first episode of season five of Allegedly Astrology. I can't believe it, you guys. Here we are, two years and five seasons later, we're still doing this shit. We're still doing it. But it's all because of you guys, because you like to hear it, we think. We hope. We know. If you're you're listening, you probably like to hear it. The analytics tell us people are listening. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And if you're new here, each week we break down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. And that's what we're going to continue to do in season five. Yeah, and we appreciate you guys listening. If you want to support us even more, you can subscribe to our Patreon. For $5 a month, you get two extra episodes. And maybe some bonus content and maybe some horoscopes from Dana. Yes. Yes. And obviously, we know times are tough. If you don't have that $5, that's cool. You could still support us by leaving us a five-star review and subscribing on whatever podcast platform you listen on because we literally are at the mercy of the algorithm and it helps us out a lot. Like truly, it, truly it does, does help. Yeah. And your review will not be for naught because if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and DM us a screenshot of that review, we'll make you a custom meme of your big three. I'll send you a quick write-up about it. They're really fun. Dana puts a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into them, and you'll probably get a good LOL. I do think about it a lot. We also have some cool Allegedly Astrology stuff on Public, so go there, check it out, get some if you are interested. And follow us on social media. Um, we're Allegedly Astrology on Instagram, Reddit, Hey Hero, and TikTok, and we're actually trying to make more TikToks these days, and we're Allegedly Astro on Twitter. And you can visit our website, AllegedlyAstrology.com, to learn more about us and the show to book a reading with me Dana and to check out some charts and transcripts from select episodes so with all of that let's get into today's topic season five episode one which could be our most controversial yet one of our most highly requested episodes Dana what are we covering Today, we're talking about the tumultuous relationship between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. And this was requested by Rebecca, Rebecca, Chelsea, Morgan, Kelly, and Tori. Thank you, guys. And if you want to be like them and we want you to be, (laughs) you can DM us a topic that you'd like us to cover. Just before we start off, there's a very obvious trigger warning regarding domestic abuse. So there is a lot of talk about that in this episode. So if it's not for you, please... Don't listen to us. We'll have a little bit more of lighthearted topics this season. Or if you're just kind of annoyed about hearing about this case, you know, or if you don't like Johnny or Amber, there's always next week. But because our loyal fans requested (laughs) it, we are going to do it and we're going to try to do it in the most unbiased way possible. Um, And we're going to take a little bit of a different approach. We're kind of going to focus on major points of their relationship as a whole. And not just the details brought up in the court case, because you can find them everywhere. You can look them up for yourself. You've probably seen them on TikTok. So all that being said, Johnny Depp has been in and out of court for the last few years. And most recently, he was the plaintiff in a six-week-long court case against his ex-wife, Amber Heard. And this became a huge media sensation. Ultimately, the jury found Amber Heard liable for defaming him in an op-ed where she said she was the victim of domestic violence, and they found Johnny's former lawyer guilty of defaming Amber. However, before the court case, there was a relationship between them. So let's get into how they met. Okay, just a quick refresher. We know who Johnny Depp is, but let's just remember, you know, he is an American actor, producer, and musician. You may know him from... 
my favorite role of his, Nightmare on Elm Street, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, Edward Scissorhands, and (laughs) Sleepy Hollow. He became one of the most commercially successful film stars by playing Captain Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean and was even listed by the Guinness World Records as the world's highest paid actor. Do you guys say Caribbean or Caribbean? Caribbean. I say Caribbean unless I'm specifically referencing Pirates of the Caribbean. It just sounds right. To <laughs> say that sound that it just sounds right. Yeah. It sounds right. It's so weird. I can't but say anyway, I'll never say that title again now that I think I about also it. in normal world say Caribbean, but yeah, it seems like Caribbean is just like how you yeah. say it. It is. I'm pretty sure, but we'll see. Um, he's also a guitarist and has been featured on songs by groups like Oasis, Iggy Pop, Aerosmith, and Marilyn Manson. He's currently in a band with other rock dudes called Hollywood Vampires. That's brand new information to me. Yeah, he he loves to rock out. He's also dated a ton of famous celebrities like Winona Ryder of Stranger Things fame, Jennifer Grey of Dirty Dancing fame, Kate Moss of Being a Thing she Model fame. Yeah, and he was also with French singer Vanessa Paradis for 14 years and has two kids with her. And in other personal matters, it's worth noting that Johnny has publicly struggled with alcoholism and addiction for much of his life. So, Dana, what is little Johnny's big three? So he was born on June 9th, 1963 at 8.44 a.m. in Owensboro, Kentucky. And he's a Gemini sun, a Capricorn moon, and a Leo rising. Okay, so on one hand, I think that he's very much a stereotypical Gemini son. He's stero- he's charming, he's clever, he's gregarious and quirky, like very quirky. He wears a lot of jewelry. It makes noise. Um, <laughs> on the other hand, his Gemini son is ruled by his Mercury and Taurus, which is tightly conjunct his natal Venus and Taurus. And Taurus is a sign of music, so we can attribute his musical talent to that conjunction. Um, and his moon in Capricorn is going to give him an austere disposition, perhaps... His mother was strict with him or had like little time for emotions or he was expected to act like an adult as a child and never afforded time or instruction to develop proper coping mechanisms. Uh, coping mechanisms really weren't even a thing when he was a child, though. So it makes sense that he's like an artist several times over because I feel like that's what people became when they didn't have coping mechanisms when in the 60s <laughs> or like as early as 2004 um, or Uh, And then he's a Leo rising, my brethren. Um, So, of course, he's a performer. This means that he, like, finds himself in the spotlight, and the spotlight finds him, so it's not always a choice. And all in all, this chart is just very duh for what we know to be true about him. So, let's get into Amber Heard. She's an American actress, and she's been in movies like Pineapple Express, Magic Mike XXL, The Danish Girl, and Aquaman. She's also an ACLU ambassador for women's rights, and in the past, she was in a five-year relationship with photographer Tasia Van Rie and was also linked to Elon Musk and Cara Delvinay. So what is her big three? So Amber Heard was born on April 22nd, 1986 in Austin, Texas, and we don't know what time. But she's a Taurus sun and a Libra moon, and she was also born within two days of a lunar eclipse in Scorpio, which is going to lend itself to extreme circumstances in life, right? We say that all the time. So Taurus sons are stereotypically pretty and like driven by security, which means they're ambitious and focused on financial security and like solid committed partnerships. Taurus is also artistically inclined with good taste and like a healthy or sometimes unhealthy appetite for (laughs) something at some point in their lives. Libra moon people will be relationship oriented and maintaining harmony and balance in relationships is like how they maintain their emotional homeostasis and how they just stay stable. 
Um, and so people with Libra moons may have had mothers who influenced them to like sacrifice their own needs and desires for the good of the family or others, or like they maybe have grown up in families that suppress their individuality and prioritize like appearance over reality. And yeah, so both her son and her moon are ruled by Venus, which is going to create an attractive feminine artist archetype. Uh, And something interesting, I thought, um, so I recently looked up Madison LaCroix's chart from Southern Charm, and her son is in Libra and her moon's in Taurus, so the flip of Amber Heard. But also both placements are ruled by Venus, right? And she has somewhat of a parallel persona on the show. Like, she's, like, known Mm. as, like, the beautiful femme fatale. She's she's a little more uh, agency. It's, of course, like, a much smaller scale, right? Just like that show. But it's interesting that, like, being the two Venus signs and having those in your big three are like the only signs we know is like it's interesting to me especially if you guys know the show i'm dying to know her rising yeah Yeah. Hmm. i think it's a sagittarius interesting sad rising we'll see Ooh, a sag rising so how did these two actors meet and it should come as no surprise that they met when they started a movie together called the rum diary We've probably, you, I haven't heard of it. You probably Never haven't. Heard of it's it. because it was a huge flop, but whatever. A love was born. And the thing about Johnny and Amber, and a reason why, like, we're not getting too much into the details, like Elise brought up before, is because their statements are always pretty similar, but they can't agree on who was the perpetrator. Each of them always puts the other person in the role of, like, doing the fucked up shit. And why I'm bringing this up right now is that when they first met, they were both in relationships and their stories diverge on who made the first move. Amber said that Johnny came on to her first, and Johnny said that Amber came on to him first. Um, We don't know. We weren't there. But yeah, it's probably a cover for them both being in relationships at the time. But what was clear is that there was a connection um, between them, despite a 23-year age difference. Johnny said that their early meetings felt kind of forbidden and hot (laughs) because they were both taken. Um, He described her as being attentive, loving, smart, funny. And that they had a ton of things in common, even obscure writers that he'd never heard anyone else like or reference. Men which love seems that like shit. A little, I know, <laughs> it seems a little too convenient. Almost like, did she Google that about him before the movie? Probably. But what's going on during their first meeting? So they met on March 25th, 2009 in Puerto Rico. And on March 26, 2009, there was a new moon in Aries conjunct Venus retrograde. So this makes me wonder if they actually both believe they were the first to come on to the other one and like are choosing to lie about it. I don't know. (laughs) New moons are fresh starts. We get one every month. And the new moon in Aries is extra ripe since it's an annual new moon of like the astrological new year since Aries is the first sign of the zodiac. It's a it's a significant one. Basically, it's just, you know, extra fresh. Um, But it's conjunct a retrograde Venus in detriment. And so Venus retrogrades often revive old loves and can open like Pandora's box of suitors. Um, when a planet is retrograded, it appears closer to Earth, and so that planet's energy can seem louder based on like vibrational principles or music, something like that. So love can seem more fraught with like higher stakes when Venus is retrograde, and Venus uh, detriment in Aries is interesting because Aries goes after what it wants, and Venus is the planet of like willing things towards you and attracting what you want. Venus in Aries is just sort of like she's a cave woman dragging her crush back to her cave, right? She's like, <laughs> I want you, and I got you. So Venus retrograde in Aries conjunct a new moon is sort of like you eat what you kill energy. And I actually don't know if either of them is like purposely lying, but I feel like both really wanted the other person. Like, I feel like the sexual tension may have been so thick that neither of them really had to come on to the other. Do you know what I mean? 
It was just sort of like so apparent. I also wonder if like starting a relationship on a new moon conjunct or retrograde Venus can lend itself to sort of like seeing the relationship all the way through to like the bitter end, like fighting, like we're doing this. The literal bitter end. Mars and um, Uranus in the 12,000 Pisces, because it's like Mars in Pisces is like, it's washing over you. It's like a nice like goodness but it's the 12th house so you're like what the fuck is lurking around the corner and then uranus is there to just like clock you over the head <laughs> and also the 12th house is where secret relationships start Ooh, mm. look at us go putting pieces together one by one <sighs> one by one so shooting ends and then they go their separate ways but johnny says he really falls in love with amber when they reunite to do press for the movie in 2011 and let me tell you, they really did jerk for each other in interviews. Yes, Johnny said, and I quote, meeting an actress like Amber Heard, she's of another era, you know? I mean, it's like walking into a room and meeting Lauren Bacall or Betty Davis or Veronica Lake. She's quite something. She's very special. <laughs> I hate when you Ew. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I hate that. Also, like, she's not that good of an actress, so she's hot. that's rude to Lauren Bacall. <laughs> Amber also had a ton of things to say about Johnny. She told one outlet that, you know, Johnny is a wonderful person to work with, and he's just a true artist, so wonderful to be around, and I'm very lucky. So, you know, just a lot of, like, goo-goo eyes all around. And surprise, surprise, they each eventually break up with their partners and start dating each other. They date for a few years and then take their relationship to the next level and get engaged. Johnny said at the time he really did think Amber was the best partner for him. But it's also around this time that we start hearing their relationship is pretty rocky. So much so that their wedding plans had actually slowed down. And a source said that Johnny is crazy in love with Amber, but there's a lot of turmoil in the relationship. It is worth noting that both Johnny and Amber have had past instances of alleged abuse. Um, Johnny Depp once trashed a hotel room while his girlfriend Kate Moss was in it. There were rumors that he pushed her down the stairs while vacationing. However, Kate actually testified in court that he didn't push her, but she slipped. Um, weird, but other exes have did say that he is a little possessive and paranoid. He's a coconut with tourist placements. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or that. And then looking at Amber... She got into a fight with her partner, Tasia, or Tasha, at an airport and was arrested. And in both Johnny and Amber's situations, all charges were dropped. And now Tasia and Kate only have good things to say about their exes. Amber and Johnny obviously have a lot going on. So let's look at that bye wheel. Um, Amber's Mars in Capricorn is conjunct Johnny's moon. And Mars is the planet of sex. And the moon is the body. And Capricorn is a real freak leak. So the sexual <laughs> tension is off the charts here. Mars and moon in any sinistry is like, you know, sex. Mars is exalted in Capricorn, whereas the moon is in fall in Capricorn. So I feel like this can mean that Amber wields a lot of that power over Johnny, which he was clearly so outspoken about. But the moon in Capricorn like withdraws, whereas Mars in Capricorn has the wherewithal to stay and fight. And I feel like that kind of mirrors things we've heard. But yeah. anyway, like Capricorn, um, anytime Capricorn is involved in sinistry, there's great capacity for commitment and then also great potential for power plays. Amber's Jupiter in Pisces is conjunct Johnny's Chiron. And Jupiter is the planet of goodwill. Chiron is a comet of the eternal wound. Jupiter is also the planet of overdoing it. And Chiron is that hole inside each of us that we may try to fill by indulging in earthly pleasures like food, sex, or drugs. Both of these placements are equally likely to be involved with like altruistic healing as they are to be involved with self-pitying indulgence. Um, 
Amber's sun is conjunct Johnny's midheaven in Taurus. The midheaven is our public life and the sun is a spotlight. So people may have seen this years ago and thought, wow, how could it be possible that how could it ever be possible that Amber's presence in Johnny's life will make him even more famous? And we now know the answer to that question. Um, Amber's Venus is exactly conjunct Johnny's Mercury Venus conjunction in Taurus and Venus rules Taurus and Venus is love and attraction. Mercury is communication and Taurus is the sign that's like really anchored in love. The problem that Taurus actually often runs into is like not letting go soon enough or remaining committed to people who have all but abandoned them. I don't that doesn't really seem to be present here. It seems like they're actually both somehow still committed to this narrative. I don't know. I'm just going off. But anyway, this industry makes me think that they really did anchor each other. And like this would represent the conversations that were never recorded because you like this is like the tenderness of that relationship. Right. Like that stuff that they talked about, but we never heard. Amber's Pluto is also conjunct Johnny's IC and Neptune. And Pluto is, you know, it's power, it's psychology. The IC is endings and it's like who we are when we are alone with ourselves. So it's like a subconscious resting state. And Neptune is obscurity, artistry, hysterics, addiction. So I feel like Amber revealed parts of Johnny to himself that he maybe didn't know were there. And like parts that aren't entirely clear, maybe ever just because Neptune permanently like obscure stuff. It's also possible that they both exacerbated each other's addictions or like potential for that. Um, And he may have made her unsure of her own power because that Neptune on Pluto could make her sort of like really paranoid. That's very, uh, especially in Scorpio, it's like this like weird paranoia. And I also sort of feel like this can extend to larger, like a lot of millennials might feel this from their parents just because a lot of Neptune, Scorpio, Pluto, Scorpio generations will have that. And I mean, he's old enough to be her right, father, exactly. so there could definitely be that dynamic. I liked when you said she, um, her Jupiter and Pisces is sort of like, they're likely to be involved with altruistic healing and self-pitying indulgence. And like, as we'll see like later in the episode, like, I feel like that's Amber to a T. Like she wants to be this like altruistic, like person ambassador for women's rights. And the, but then like, she's just like, I need more money. (laughs) So I don't know. But eventually, Amber and Johnny do make it down the aisle and get married. And they first tied the knot in a civil ceremony at their home. And then they had a larger wedding ceremony on Johnny's private island in the Bahamas. Yeah. They described it, uh, guests described it as beach casual, intimate, and romantic. So What was happening the day that they got married? So they got married on February 3rd, 2015, which was the day of a full moon conjunct Johnny's Ascendant. So full moons are, you know, when the sun is opposite the moon, it's a culmination point in the lunar cycle. Um, And the annual full moon in Leo is interesting because it's like a beacon of hope in the dead of winter. And this is why the sun is detriment in Aquarius, right? It's like oldest time of year and the sun is the hot planet. So for, for like Johnny, this is like a ray of sunshine. It's like a beacon of hope, right? And for Amber, this is though, this is a little maybe different for Amber. It's during her sadden return and her nodal opposition. The sadden return, Ugh. I know, is about maturity. Jesus. It's not uncommon to get married or divorced, or in her case, both, during your sadden <laughs> return. Um, and the nodal opposition is when we sort of like get picked off one plant, one path that we're on and like plopped onto another. Um, it's the transit that corresponds with the 27 Club, which is, you know, the trend of... Uh, celebrities who die at age 27. I say trend, like I'm talking about stocks, not like a cool thing to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I feel like for her, it's sort of a little, it's like rockier and more pivotal, whereas for him, this is, it's a little different. I do think it's interesting that it was a full moon on his ascendant because I feel like 
his marriage to Amber has kind of almost like eclipsed him as a person. Ooh. Like he's kind of just yeah, like yeah. And his career. Yeah. And the son was on his descendant then. So the descendant being the partner as well as the opponent. The, uh, that's his chart ruler. So it's sort of like now we're here. Interesting. So the couple is pretty tight lipped about the relationship and are often seen kissing on red carpets. But in 2016, after 15 months of marriage, Amber filed a divorce petition citing irreconcilable differences. She also gets a restraining order from an L.A. courthouse and said that Johnny had abused her throughout their whole relationship. Um, which, yikes. And the couple eventually reach a settlement and finalize the divorce. Amber dismisses the restraining order, and both she and Johnny issue a joint statement saying their relationship was intensely passionate and at times volatile, but always bound by love. The statement also went on to say that neither of them made false accusations for financial gain and there was never any intent of physical or emotional harm. This is like a very interesting statement. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And then Johnny paid Amber $7 million and Amber said she was going to donate all of it to the ACLU and Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. And then in 2018, the ACLU ghost wrote a Washington Post opinion piece for Amber that was titled... I spoke up against sexual violence and faced our culture's wrath. That has to change. And the article talked about how she survived sexual violence. And people were not happy about the article, even though it never specifically mentioned Johnny Depp. Um, He ended up filing a defamation lawsuit against her. So what was going on when this opinion piece ran? So the article was published on December 18th, 2018 at 5.58 p.m. Eastern Time. It's why I just did the chart for Washington, D.C. This chart is a Sag Sun, a Taurus moon, and a Cancer rising. So the moon is in the 11th house, and that's the chart ruler. So it makes sense, right? The 11th house relates to audiences, and because Taurus isn't really comfortable spelling things out clearly, I felt like... I didn't watch any trial coverage um, with the exception of a few clips, but I read this article. So my biggest takeaway was how short and like not specific it was. Like I got to the end and I was like, this is over. Um, (laughs) This chart also has a ninth house midheaven with a Pisces, Neptune, Mars and Chiron. And the ninth house relates to like ideologies and messages and both Pisces and Neptune relate to obscurity. So this can relate to like an unclear message. Like I know what her message was, but in reading it, I was like, what is the message? I don't know. And then so like then on the descendant in Capricorn, we have Saturn, which is the planet of discipline, Pluto, the planet of power and the south node, which is like negation or like what we're like shitting out. And something interesting to me is that in like contest charts, the descendant represents the opponent and this descendant is exactly conjunct Johnny Depp's moon. So I feel like it foreshadows the eventual verdict of the case, like it implicates him astrologically. Very interesting. So a few years after this, Johnny had another court case in the UK and this had nothing to do with the Washington Post article, but it was like a whole separate thing. In this trial, he was suing. This is honestly one of the worst names for a company I've ever heard, but they're called News Group Newspapers, <laughs> and they are the publisher of The Sun, which is a huge UK tabloid. And he's suing them and the executive editor because they called him a wife beater. Which is harsh, but like we know from our Harry and Meghan episode that the UK tabloids are ruthless. ruthless. Like literally, they can and will say anything about anyone. But anyway, this trial um, happened in July of 2020. It was a very highly publicized trial, not nearly as publicized as um, this most recent Johnny and Amber trial, mostly because of a little thing called the COVID-19 pandemic was happening. <laughs> but 
Johnny and Amber testified for several days. And in this case, um, Amber was not the defendant, but she was a witness in the case. So when the verdict came in, the High Court of Justice ruled that 12 of the 14 incidents of violence claimed by Amber were substantially true. So Johnny lost because he's a public figure and the court said, you know, the tabloid has a right to call you a wife beater. And after this verdict, Warner Brothers asked Johnny to resign from the Fantastic Beast franchise. So what was going on when the verdict happened? There's no saving that franchise. Yeah, that last one was so bad. That last movie was so bad. Anyway. (laughs) So the verdict was in November 2020. (laughs) We don't have the exact day. On October 31st, 2020, there was a full moon in Taurus exactly conjunct Uranus. The full moon is when the sun is opposite the moon. So this means the sun is exactly opposite Uranus. Regular listeners know breaking news coincides with Uranus oppositions, and this is significant because it's in the sign of Johnny's midheaven, which is his public reputation. Venus and Mercury are in Libra opposite Mars and Chiron in Mercury, and of these four planets, Mars, Chiron, and Mercury are all retrograde. So Venus is love and harmony, and Venus is at home in Libra, uh, and it's oriented towards like relationships and justice. Mercury retrograde in Libra is in a haste to achieve justice, and Mars retrograde in Aries is like sharpening its spears for war. Chiron retrograde in Aries is sort of like denying the individual. I don't know. It's sort of like saying like you aren't who you say you are. Um, On top of all this, Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto are in a pile up in Capricorn, the sign of institutional power. And Jupiter is about truth. Saturn's about discipline. Pluto's about, once again, power. Uh, and this like also preceded the most insane election uh, for American president in my lifetime, which is really saying something. So just sort of like <laughs> to give an idea of like what the geopolitical climate was at that time. Mayhem, chaos. So remember when Johnny and Amber got divorced, she said she was going to donate her entire divorce settlement of $7 million to the ACLU and a children's hospital. Well, around this time, rumors started coming out that she only paid them a little bit, maybe not really at all, and definitely not the full amount. And because of this, Johnny tried to appeal the UK court case ruling because he said that Amber saying she donated her divorce settlement swayed the judge's decision. However, the judge denied that this was the case and Johnny's appeal was ultimately denied. So, you know, the typical mess that we are used to. And that brings us to the second mess that we're used to, which is the second defamation trial, which we all know and possibly some real freaks out there (laughs) love. And this is the one where Johnny sued Amber for defamation over that little old 2018 opinion piece in The Washington Post. And he was asking for 50 million damages. And then Amber, because she is not one to be outdone, countersued for 100 million. Oh, my God. It's like so much money. Yeah, it's, so much- it's so crazy. And there's like 50, no, 100. Yeah. It's like it is important to note that defamation claims that are filed in the U.S. by highly public figures, such as a major actor, are com- commonly thought of as difficult cases to win because there's a pretty high standard that the plaintiff has to prove. So in this case, the plaintiff was Johnny, and he not only had to prove the claims were false and caused him damage, but that the person who made the statement did so with actual malice. So, you know, again, being a public figure, it's very hard to win these types of cases. So what was happening when this trial started? So the trial started on April 11th, 2022 in Fairfax County, Virginia. And at 1029 Eastern time that morning, Saturn and Aquarius squared the nodes in Taurus and Scorpio. 
So the nodes relate to like larger cultural movements and so does Aquarius. And Aquarius is like the hive mind as well as revolutions. And I feel like this is kind of a significant transit for like how this was made into a bigger thing or tied to existing movements when it was about two very unique individuals. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The moon is also in Leo on this day, completing that sort of fixed square. So the fastest planet is in the sign of like the solo artist and the slowest planet is in the sign of the crowd. So it's just sort of like theater vibes. Uh, when I think of Aquarius and the hive mind, we'll get to it coming up, but I just think TikTok, like how all the mm. people were using technology to oh, yeah. talk about it and social sure. media. Yeah, but also when you said like relating to larger cultural movements, I think of like the Me Too movement yeah. and like I wonder if this trial happened at a different time, how Amber would be perceived. But before we talk about that, let's just look at Johnny and Amber's arguments. So. Johnny accused Amber of making up domestic abuse accusations about him to further her career, and he claimed that she did all of this because he had asked for a divorce. He then pointed out three defamatory statements in her Washington Post op-ed, and he also said that he was the one that was abused in the relationship, actually, and not her, and that as a consequence of her allegations, Disney declined to cast him anymore, and he lost um, some some jobs because of it. Then Amber was like, yo, Johnny is just trying to hum- humiliate me and wreck my career, and the First Amendment, which is in our motherfucking constitution, protects my right to express my views. And also, Johnny ruined his own career. Like, I did not do shit to his career. She then also countersued and said Johnny's old lawyer, who like at this point was not even involved in the case anymore, stated in the Daily Mail that her allegations were a hoax and that Johnny tried to get her fired from Aquaman. So it's a lot, a lot happening. (laughs) Again, lots of back and forth with these two. That's like the basis of some of the trial details, but um, Johnny and Amber do have like similar testimonies of their five-year relationship, which was undeniably a volatile roller coaster. The only difference between their stories is that they each blame the other person for being the abuser. But because we love dumb <laughs> event charts, um, I don't know if you guys listened to our episode where we analyzed um, the back tattoo of Ben Affleck, <laughs> but that it's one is good. You should listen to it. We are going to talk about a little something called Poopgate. Oh my God. And Poopgate is an event that Johnny recalled during his testimony when he allegedly found human shit on his bed. I hate all poop-related <laughs> things. Like, I hate it. So this is my nightmare. But this nightmare of mine was the most talked-about topic on the internet for a little bit. And the shit in question was allegedly discovered the morning after Amber's 30th birthday party. So the night before, her and Johnny had had this like huge fight because Johnny showed up two hours late to Amber's party. And this eventually led to Johnny having to leave the house to stay at another apartment. And the next day, Amber left for Coachella with her friends, as 30-year-olds do. And at this point, Johnny's housekeeper finds what she describes as a human turd (laughs) on the side of the bed where Johnny usually sleeps and is like, what the hell? And meanwhile, Johnny is like on his way back to the apartment. He's trying to go back and pick some stuff up when he's told by his like security detail that he can't go back now. And when asked why, he's shown a photo and he's just like, what 
even is happening. So Amber has given several stories about the origin of said shit. <laughs> um, she at one point in the UK trials said that Johnny himself did it. Then later on, she changed her story and said that Johnny's dog had bowel control issues and shit on the bed while she was packing. And then in response, Johnny <laughs> said, the photograph that I saw, that did not come from a dog. It just didn't. Uh, oh, my sad. God. Additionally, Johnny's longtime chauffeur and security guard, who still works for him, it's worth noting, said under oath that Amber had told him that the shit was a horrible practical joke gone wrong. But I guess no one knows for sure. So, Dana, what is happening? And if there's Scorpio in this chart, I will die. Duh. So, (laughs) this was on April 22nd, 2016, within hours of a full moon in Scorpio. (laughs) So, first things first, Sarah asked that because Scorpio is a sign of poop, the moon is the body, and it's ruled by Mars retrograde and Sagittarius. Sagittarius is a clown and Mars is aggression. A practical joke gone wrong, for sure, actually seems like maybe the most appropriate for this sort of uh delineation another placement that can stereotypically relate to shit or buttholes <laughs> in any chart is a south node and that's because it's the tail of the dragon so the south node was conjunct chiron and pisces with neptune so this can be like shitting out of sadness but with neptune here i <laughs> feel like it's impossible to make that claim right neptune makes it impossible to know the truth this also though coincided with venus conjunct uranus and aries which is ruled by again mars retrograde and sagittarius so it's just like, like two this fire trine it's just either way if it's a dog if it's a human it was a very fiery and passionate performance. Wow. Oh my god, I'm fucking Ooh, dying. We love the chart of Poopgate. Oh my Poopgate. god. Besides Poopgate, this trial is a huge media sensation. It was live streamed, it was on court TV. Clips from the trial were used in memes and reaction videos, and most notably, it was huge on TikTok. People called this one of the first trials by TikTok because so many creators on the platform were giving updates and their opinions um, in real time about the case. People would like look up court documents um, or bring information from other trials to compare with this information. So it was very interesting because this is sort of one of the first trials that has been sort of, it's, it's a different, you know, we always say like the court of public opinion, and this was a different medium for that public opinion on TikTok. Yeah. And people posting about the trial seem to mostly support Johnny and oppose Amber. And the general consensus was that Amber was lying. So tons of people were making fun of her, making claims that she was doing weird shit in the courtroom. Like there was a like a conspiracy that she was doing cocaine on the stand while testifying. That was like from people who would have like watched the faculty and thought it was a documentary. <laughs> God. People are so insane. Um, But what we can all agree on is that there was definitely a clear shift in public opinion about Amber from like when she had her first case and when she wrote the op-ed and now. So is there anything that was going on at this time or in Amber's chart in general that would make her sort of like not not believable to people? We. So when we start like these things, I like to look at like the bigger picture, right? And be like, oh, like what's going on in the world? But this, I feel like is very individual and personal to Amber Heard. Mm -mm. I don't couldn't say for sure why she was believable in 2018. In 2018, Saturn was in Capricorn crossing her Mars, her very dignified Mars. So that could have been sort of like juicing up her relatability, her sort of power, right? Saturn in Capricorn is at home and Mars in Capricorn is exalted. So it's sort of like this professional uh, persona or 
not necessarily facade, just, you know, her, how she seemed. But now, so Amber's Jupiter uh, return occurred in Pisces in the first uh, five months of this year. And so when the Jupiter return happens, it's like a a cycle reset every 12 um, years. So that's sort of like it happens either during your 12th house year or your first house year. And both of those years aren't easy. Like first house years are when you're kind of like redoing yourself. 12th house years is when you're going through hell. Jupiter return is sort of like resetting truth. It's also just sort of like setting a script maybe that will be followed. But even bigger than that. So Eclipse Sorrow Series 131 uh, occurred on May 16th, 2022. And this is the same Eclipse Series that occurred on April 24th, 1986, two days after she was born. And the only other time it's happened since then was in May 2004. So it's the third time it's happened in her life. Mm. And it's like the I one she was born on. I wonder what happened to her in May 2004. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that was, I mean, she alluded to some sort of bad thing happening to her in that. Perhaps in the op-ed that she really brushed over. It could have been related to that. Mm. It could have been something else. In any event, this is like really putting her under the magnifying glass. She's a person who was born on an eclipse and she's a celebrity. So she's like, her life is extreme and she's in an extreme uh, circumstance. Like those extreme circumstances often promised by eclipses are, she's being like living them out. And in like such a cyclical way that it's sort of like she's really under the magnifying glass, right? So that's why she's yeah um, really being looked at. I also think too, just like Saturn and Capricorn crossing her Mars and Capricorn, like, you know, Capricorn is a serious sign. Like it's like the business sign, you know, like I feel like it's like we are doing adult things. Like I am writing an op-ed or like I, someone's writing an op-ed for me, but this is like formalized <laughs> yeah. and like serious. Whereas now like, Jupiter and Pisces is, like, fun, but also Pisces is very, like, just, like, everywhere. And it's kind of like, what are you in a kind of way? So I feel like, you know, it might be, you know, not all transits are good or bad. It's like some of them just make you look at things in a different way. So it's very um, TikTok trial energy. <laughs> yeah. So the trial finally wraps up. And after 13 hours of deliberation, the seven person jury comes to its decision. They found both Amber and Johnny liable for defamation in their lawsuits against each other, which is a true Gemini wow. season result, like two, two verdicts. And although like when all things were said and done. They gave more damages to Johnny. So let's break this double verdict down because it confused a lot of people, ourselves included. Yes. So Johnny was awarded a total of $15 million. $10 million of that was in compensatory damages. And compensatory damages is when money is awarded for incurred losses such as having to pay for an injury or lost wages. So let's say you like get into a car accident you had $10,000 in medical bills, and then the court awards you $10,000 back. So in his case, it then he got $5 million in punitive damages, and this is money given on top of the damages you have lost. So it's typically given when the other person's actions are deemed particularly harmful. But then Amber was also given $2 million in compensatory damages that Johnny had to pay her. So he made out like, technically, like, he's like making out with like $13 million that she has to pay him. Johnny got his $15 million, technically $13 million, because the jury found that Amber defamed him in three separate statements in the Washington Post piece and that Johnny defamed her. Technically, it wasn't him. It was his attorney. But his attorney made a statement about her case being a hoax. So that was her thing. 
Um, but ultimately, the jury unanimously found that Amber Heard could not substantiate her allegations against Depp and that she knew her claims of abuse were false when she published her 2018 essay. So that, again, this is a big deal because it's very hard to prove um, like defamation of a very public figure. So what was going on when this verdict happened? So this was two days after a new moon in Gemini on June 1st, 2022. And the new moon in Gemini officially concluded eclipse season. And again, that was a time that was particularly significant for Amber. It was significant for Johnny too. They had both had direct hits, but just because of that Zero C- series um, being the one that she was born on made it extra significant for her. And so the new moon in Gemini is like often about like kicking off summer and like getting into some trouble and like being a flirt <laughs> and a little whore. But symbolically, it can also sort of be about like exposing new facts, right? Uh, and so this new moon was ruled by Mercury retrograde in Taurus conjunct the North Node, which is actually kind of about old facts feeling new again, or I guess like looking at new mm. old facts from a new angle. But also interesting is that this retrograde Mercury was conjunct both Johnny and Amber's Venus and Johnny's Mercury. So it just sort of like punctuates their relationship in a real interesting way. Like it's Taurus who hates to expose being like we're having to expose because there's money on the line. It's sort of old facts feeling new again. Like they got divorced in 2016. So the fact that it's 2022 and we're still reeling from the facts of their divorce is kind of annoying. (laughs) But also interesting because of the mirror of transits between 2016 and 2022, right? We talked about this on Mm. the Chloe and Tristan update. Will you remind us what that is? So yeah, I will. I would love to. Jupiter um, was in Pisces in 2022 and it was opposite in Virgo in 2016. Mars retrogrades um, in Gemini this year and in 2016 it retrograded in Sagittarius opposite. So we're sort of like halfway through something, right? A lot of people who had significant things that year will maybe come halfway at this point, a really big turning point. Interesting. So it's worth noting that at the start of the trial, many legal experts assume that Johnny had an even smaller chance of winning than he did in the previous UK trial because the US is like very, 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 very strong free speech protections. So, you know, their jaws were just like on the floor when he won because it's for a normal person, it's very hard to win a defamation suit. And then it's even harder to win if you're a celeb. So this is honestly like a, I wouldn't say once in a lifetime, but it's like very it's quite crazy. Yeah. And after this verdict, journalists were worried about how this might affect future free speech protections in defamation cases. But other people pointed out that this case involves two very specific, very famous actors. And like Dana said, very unique people. (laughs) Um, A lot of lawyers would tell regular people not even to pursue a defamation suit. Um, So will it really affect anything? I think only time will tell. Um, But yeah, this was a doozy. So since the trial ended, Netflix bought the rights to La Favorite, which is a film starring Johnny. And meanwhile, Amber is appealing the decision and asking the court to throw out the verdict. It's incredibly difficult again to win a legal appeal. But then again, it was very difficult to win a defamation case. So, And then even more recently, Amber's lawyers asked for a retrial, claiming that one of the people... um, originally summoned to serve in the trial had not appeared and was replaced by someone else. And because of this, the lawyers say Amber's due process was compromised. However, the judge ruled that that was not legit. 
So we'll just have to wait and see what happens next. But Dana, is there anything in the future for these two? What's going to happen? So by this time next year, Jupiter will be in Taurus, which could be perhaps a redemption arc for Amber Heard, although her Jupiter return wasn't necessarily a redemption arc. Mm -hmm. I guess it could be the beginning of one, right? We don't know. A redemption arc has to start with uh, you being at rock bottom. (laughs) Her nodal return also begins next July. So whatever is going to happen to her and her reputation will be well underway by then. And then Johnny's Jupiter return occurs within the first few months of 2023. He's technically in it now since his Jupiter is in Aries, but it'll exact on February 28th of next year. So if he's to be brought to justice, it would be around that time, I would expect. Right. And justice isn't always, again, like legal justice. And it could be getting really bad Rotten Tomatoes for La Favorite. (laughs) Exactly. And Amber's redemption arc might not have to do with winning a court case. Maybe they should both move on from the legal system. I don't know. Maybe they should both but, move on. <laughs> yeah, it's just, they should just both move on in general. So yeah, these two were very, very interesting, but we'll see what happens in 2023. Um, but next week, we will be talking about Marilyn Monroe. She's been having a moment lately, even though she's been dead for a while. So <laughs> in the meantime, if you can't wait for these, our next episodes, Remember to sign up for our Patreon for $5 a month. That's where we're going to put like most of our Sinistry apps, um, some fun bonus content. Um, You won't want to miss it. So with that, I'm Elise. I'm Dana. And I'm Sarah. And this is Allegedly Astrology. 